0: It's time for JT the Brick. JT. Woo! Hey, girls. How are you? (laughs) Wow. I can go in 10 different directions today.
1: Getting to know Raider Nation the way that you see them now, it's just different. JT the Brick.
0: I think it's so important, especially for this new generation of Raider fans. Now we got something. Now we got some guys out of the tub, out of the training room, doing what they needed to do. It calms down the energy of the Raider Nation who's saying, man... A lot of guys have been missing for a while. Where are they? And now they're back. This is this is what the Raiders are all about. And now here's JT the Brick. Welcome back to hour number two. It's our two-hour show every day, noon to two, three to five Eastern. Everybody, we appreciate you listening to the flagship and downloading the mobile app of the Raiders or listening on your laptop however you stream us however you get it we appreciate it we had a big meeting on our numbers here especially on Raider Nation Radio and how many people are listening it's fantastic we understand it we know what you want to talk about and we look to get better and better it's tough sledding now at two and seven as the Raiders lost yesterday to the Indianapolis Colts they got off to a really slow start they came on strong late and came up short on the final play of the game and you know, I got a lot of sound bites here. I haven't even played yet. Now we're number one. We got two guests who are about to join us. But I want to start off with Josh McDaniels, Bobby, if we can play one or two of these bites from earlier today. I think they're very important now because reporters are asking about the tone of the team, the tone of the team going forward. How is this team going to react? And this is very important because this is a coach who came in with high demands. The demands were a full buy-in on a team that was going to have the skill set and eventually, the attitude, the way the Patriots did. I mean, what he has co- going for him is what he learned under Belichick and winning. And it was always winning. It wasn't winning a little. It was winning a lot. So they wanted to take that system of scouting, preparation, film study, practice, and bring it here to the Raiders. And it's slow sledding. The team's 2-7. And, and It hasn't worked out at the level they wanted it. So he was asked about a couple of particular players and their buy-in.
1: I think you'd have to ask him, you know, more specifically um, what what he was or wasn't referring to. I've talked to Derek. I mean, again, I, I, each one of our leaders has a really good pulse on what they think, um, you know, we may, may need, you know, relative to um, energy or practice or uh, mindset or what have you. I mean, uh, in many ways, it's their team as much as it's our team, you know, and so um, I think they have a great uh, understanding of, of those kind of things. Um, I would never uh, say that about our football team in general in terms of the guy's attitude and effort uh, to be out there. Um, I mean, you've seen it. I mean, we don't have a lot of guys miss. We have a lot of guys that come back and try to play as soon as possible. That's never been a, an issue. I would never address that that way. Um, you know, I, I can't speak to what he was referring to specifically. Um, but in my, my opinion, you know, when you see us out there fighting and grinding and playing hard and we're right there at the end of the game, like I don't have any, any issue with the effort or, uh, comp- you know, competition that, that I saw on the field yesterday at all.
0: Yeah, so had all, he said he likes the competition. He likes the effort there. The, uh, you might not like the effort as a fan. There were a couple of things that I saw on the defense that I didn't like with the effort of chasing certain plays down and the softness of the defense, but if that's the scheme and the players are running it, the coaches know if the players are playing hard. But you just heard Josh McDaniels have to address the media about what Derek Carr was saying in his post-game press conference and how emotional he was and kind of lightly pointing out players who aren't bought in at the level that he is. Here's more from Coach McDaniels earlier today on Derek Carr.
1: No, I think it shows that they care. You know what I mean, and, and if there's some some person or something that they saw that they that they referenced or that they could reference or 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 speak to, then that's what I ex- would expect them to do, uh, as would I, if I saw it or heard it or something like that. But looks, um, there's a lot of guys in the locker room, you know, and and not every player takes um, winning and losing the same. Not every player is ever going to do that. Uh, it's just human nature. Uh, some guys take it some way. Some guys take it harder. Some guys, you know, don't deal with it that way. Um, I've never tried to get too caught up into that because I think that's, you know, trying to make every player the same after a win or a loss, that's, that's tough sledding. We're not the same kind of people.
0: That is a very interesting soundbite. Let me stop for a minute. That's really interesting. Basically, if I could read between the lines, he's saying, look, I don't see that if there's a player like Derek who does, he can call him out on that. But I'd be surprised if everybody in the building or in the locker room wouldn't know who Derek is talking about. And I don't know how that cannot happen where everybody knows, Okay, well, that that's that group of players or that player that doesn't have the buy in the way we do. And if that is the case, I think I think I can comfortably say that here. If there are multiple players or one player or two players that don't have the buy in of Derek Carr which Derek's not playing well this year. He's not playing up to his standards. He's has, he's having some okay games, but not at his standard. If they're not buying in and preparing the way, De, the way Derek Carr is, cut him. They, they tried to trade some players by the trade deadline. They didn't get what they wanted. But at a minimum, they got to show up. The last one, uh, the state of the franchise, interesting question with all the heat, being two and seven, where he stands with the owner and the entire organization.
1: We're, you know, we're, we're, we are building. Um, I never use the word rebuilding or anything like that. Uh, it's the National Football League. You don't have enough. Uh, there's not five years to do that, so we, we know that. Um, I think there's a, a process that we're trying to go through, um, certainly slower and more painful than anybody wants it to be. Uh, we share the same sentiment, um, but it is what it is. Um, You know when you when you go through change uh, there's some there's some things that you're going to see initially and there's some things that you're going to see over time and you know when you have enough opportunity to make those evaluations and then try to get it right eventually um, you know that's the opportunity that you're hoping for you know so we we can control we can control going forward like I said, I have no issue with where, where our effort is or our intentions. Um, certainly the results are not what anybody wants them to be. Uh, but, you know, we're going to continue to build and try to do the right thing as we evaluate it going forward. And, and that's all of us. I know that. I'm not going to stand up here and address, you know, that every single week. But, you know, we all we all know we're evaluated on what we do, and it's a production-based business.
0: Yeah, it is. And the production hasn't been there, and the evaluations are coming. And it's very difficult for the coach to have to talk about this every week. But that's his job. He's always accountable. He'll answer these questions. But coming from the Belichick tree, your whole life you've been following Belichick. And when they're not playing well, which is rare. The Patriots usually always play well. And they have with their dynasty teams. They didn't point fingers. They tried to keep everybody together because they were together. They didn't accuse other players for not pulling and doing their thing. Everyone came together as one in a team. That's what Josh McDaniels is trying to preach here. Harry Ruiz, the Latino voice of the silver and black. Harry, another tough one. You called the game. You saw the Raiders have a chance to win it late on the pass to Foster Moreau and Devontae Adams. Walk me through the Raiders' failed comeback.
2: Yeah, and I'll go, JT, to the first play of that set of downs. First and 10 from the 19, an incomplete pass to Josh Jacobs. I think that play would have been perfect to run the ball and take 40 seconds off the clock or make Indy burn a timeout. By getting that incomplete pass, then the Raiders had to run the ball in the next play, get three yards, and then it went downhill. Foster Morrow, in my opinion, it was a good defensive play also by Bobby Okereke. I know a lot of people are saying it was just the Moro drop. Uh, Okereke did a great job also putting his hand in there and avoiding it to be an easy play for foster and then fourth and seven jt that's where it hurts me the most i'm like all right you got forty five seconds left try to get the ball inside the seven don't go for the touchdown immediately just try to move the move the ball and then get a new set of downs and open your playbook as much as possible and the raiders they they put themselves in that position with that slow start three and outs three three and outs uh, five yards in nine plays and all those penalties at the beginning of the game They were playing
0: behind the eight ball. They were able to come back, but they weren't able to maintain the lead. Harry Ruiz is our guest. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Not being able to maintain the lead, also not being able to execute big plays. The pass, you know, I like going to Devontae on the final play of the game. I don't have a problem with that. I just didn't like the degree of difficulty where I froze where I froze my DVR and Devontae had to go up. He's going up against the former Defensive Player of the Year not the cornerback of the year, the defensive player of the year. And even if Devontae would have caught that, there was probably a 50-50 chance he had a toe tap and get his feet down. And as you call the game, there's a lot of plays that are being run on the sideline, which are very difficult throws to execute, catch, and come down with their feet. And conversely, all the other teams that beat the Raiders throw these pitch-and-catch slants five yards and end up going for 18. Everybody's just attacking the middle of the field, and I'd like to see the Raiders attack the middle of the field. They seem to be attacking the sidelines.
2: Yeah, and they've found the weakness of the Raiders in that aspect. They're like, hey, we don't have to overcomplicate our offense. Let's just go. Let's get the advance that we need, and then the yard after catch is going to be big because the Raiders' defense, we saw it yesterday in the Paris Campbell touchdown. That ended up uh, being the game-winning score. Paris Campbell caught the ball. Amik Robertson tried to make a play. He wasn't able to do it, but then two defensive backs weren't able to get Paris Campbell, and it was a touchdown. Missed tackles, missed assignments. The team, a little bit, they simplified the defense this game, and it still didn't work. It's like the pieces aren't the right ones on defense besides Max Crosby and possibly Nate Hobbs if he's back back this game against Denver. But the, the puzzle is there, but they just can't get the right
0: pieces in the right place. Harry Ruiz, Latino voice of the Silver and Black, joins us on Mondays. What do you think of the comments and the frustrations? I'll give you as much time as you need for both Derek Carr and Devontae Adams. Those are where the reporters are lined up. Those are the guys eligible to meet. Those are the biggest stars. And clearly we're starting to sense more and more frustration in their postgame.
2: Yeah, and look, last week people were criticizing Carr because he said he was going to keep it to himself and he was not going to say much this week he said a little bit more he didn't point fingers exactly at other folks but you know that he's talking about people in that locker room that aren't giving their 100 percent on the field that he hasn't seen that commitment from them and now he's getting heat from some folks from that other people are praising him for the passion that he showed up there other folks are uh, criticizing that he had a he teared up a little bit up there you're never gonna have an audience that's completely happy I like that a car he showed his frustration out there at the podium that he spoke his mind but he didn't throw the teammates directly under the bus now we just gotta hope that the message is heard from his teammates and it's like hey, we are not only playing for the Raiders right now we're also playing for our futures in the NFL we gotta show up every Sunday from here on out and that Thursday in LA against the Rams to hopefully earn another contract in the league because you know the average of the careers in the NFL is very short. If they don't show out next Sunday, you know heads could end up rolling, and that's not what the players want to hear in the locker room, but it's the reality. The Raiders are 2-7. Yes, six one-score games, six one-score games where they had the ball to either tie the game or take the lead in the final minutes, but at the end of the day, a 24-point loss and a one-point loss, they count the same in the win-loss
0: column. Harry Ruiz joins us. Harry, when we look at overall production, On this team, it's tough to produce when you don't have Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller and all those snaps that could help Devontae Adams and Derek Carr. That's starting to shape up probably to be the story of the year, would you agree? I mean, the defense is terrible, but the fact that the offense can't extend plays and extend drives because of Hunter and Darren, those are 100-catch guys. And to not have them available to play consistently this year puts more pressure on Derek Devontae, Mac Collins, and Foster Moreau, and I think that's going to be the story of the offseason. Will those guys be around? Uh, will Darren be here long-term? Will they get healthy? Will the players have the ability to take this team next year? Because there's a lot of games left. I'm concentrating on that. But this core four, the Yankees. Remember, the Yankees had a core four when they had a dynasty. And they loved the core four of Jeter and Posada and Andy Pettit. They had Tino Martinez. They had their core guys, Mariano. Mariano. And those guys went out there and win, and you never had to worry about those guys. Now you look at the snap count, mostly due to injuries. The core four of the Raiders is Carr, Devontae, Waller, and Renfro. How can you win if all four of those guys aren't out on the field together?
2: Yeah, and people got to remember, well, Devontae in the next two to three games is going to become the the third Raider with 1,000-plus yards receiving in the last four seasons waller did it in nineteen and twenty renfro did it last year and adams he was support he's doing the production that is needed but he needs a supporting cast that is going to be able to put up numbers the same way foster morrow i mean he's a guy that's been on the team since twenty nineteen and has been the backup for darren waller you can't expect him to have the same numbers as darren waller so three for forty three one touchdown that's good production but for him to be the second best Pass catcher in a game, you know that that's not good news for the Raiders. Amir Abdullah, he was a pleasant surprise being involved in the passing game for more than a touch or two, but then after that, it's Jacobs, Mac, and that's it. Keelan Cole dropped the ball, a key pass in the in the final quarter in the final drive. There needs to be a supporting cast around the Raiders around Devontae Adams that is being able to produce in a big matter. And right now, it's Devontae Adams pretty much with half the load of everybody in that team in the pass-catching category.
0: Harry, I think one of the benefits here, there's a lot of football left, and the Raiders have to win games. They're not here to win two or three games. No one believes that. But they have an opportunity to sweep Denver. And to sweep Denver would be special. It would be. Denver's not very good, and a lot of people think that Denver's got bigger problems than the Raiders. Because the plan isn't right. The Raiders think they have a plan. They believe they have a plan. They're just not winning games. In Denver, they're saying they're not winning games, and they have literally no plan. I think Vic Fangio got fired because of his lack of success against the Raiders. Raiders got an opportunity to sweep the Broncos. They have to do it. That's a rivalry. That's got to bring out the best in the silver and black.
2: That's a rivalry that means a lot for the team. That's a rivalry that means a lot for the Raider Nation. That's a game where I know it's tough to say it, but it's been six losses where the team has had the chance to be to win those games. And one play goes a different way, and this team could have been, instead of uh, having this negative record, they could be on the positive side and searching for a playoff spot. So it's the NFL. You've got to have short memory. Forget about what happened learn your lessons, and then go into the next week and being like, hey, we were one play away from beating the Colts. We don't have to put ourselves in that position of being one play away. Start the game hot, get yourself in the end zone, take the lead. And I was talking with Leo Araguz, the former punter on my radio show last Friday, and he was telling me, he was like, this Raiders team is playing to not lose instead of playing to win the games. They're trying to prevent to lose, not losing the games, and I was like, that's so true. This team is just trying to be uh, conservative in that aspect instead of just being like, you know what, you're the Raiders. You're the bad boys of the NFL, Los Malosos. Go out there, don't take what they give you. Go and take whatever you want on that field.
0: Uh, last thing, Harry, really important coming up here. There's the holidays. You saw a lot of salute to service out there. A lot of Raider tra- charities try to help people during Thanksgiving. I know you're talking to Raider fans. There's a lot of events where fans can donate food, their time. The holiday season is right around the corner with Thanksgiving uh, the following week here. I think you're you're telling it. I'm going to be telling it on the radio for Raider fans to step up and especially help people in need this time of year coming off the pandemic and a really tough year on the economy.
2: Absolutely, and I'll send a huge shout-out to the Raider Nation l a Oakland, Las Vegas, I know a lot of people that support a lot of great causes in the off season during the season at all time, and i 'm pretty sure all my brothers and sisters from the Raider Nation are going to be supporting the food banks, uh, donating their time, donating items, donating food, and shout out Raider Nation. I saw a lot of folks out there at the Telgate JT that say that they listen to the show all the time so a former firefighter from the Oakland Fire Department. I met him at the Black Hole tailgate. He said that he listened to this show. I'm sorry I forgot the name, but, brother, thank you so much for your
0: support, to J.T. and myself. Thank you, Harry. I'll talk to you this week. Have a good week. Take care, J.T. Yeah, that's it. Black Hole tailgate. I got there early. And uh, my wife comes too. She came after me. I give her the good parking spot. I park in the other, uh, the outward land, as I call it, the media lot, which I'm very happy to have a spot at the media lot. But I have my season ticket spots, and I get in. I'll go to the black hole. And I saw Cisco and the crew, my buddy Joe, who's a disabled veteran, and now he makes carne asada for me, and we sit there and talk, and it was so windy. It was so windy. I'm holding up his tent. I got a foot on it, a chair on it, and it's blowing 35 miles an hour sideways. Joe is in a wheelchair cooking carne asada. Got the Modelo going. DJ Mike's pounding the music out. There's a bunch of cool cars that were there. Windy, a little bit cold, but just great. I left the tailgate feeling great about the game. And I got up to the pregame, and I'm saying, "Whoa, whoa!" Matt Ryan's going to play after the pregame ended, and I headed down to the field. Oh, Matt Ryan's playing. Jeff Saturday played that beautifully. Big Al in San Francisco, part of the Raider Nation up north. Hello, Al.
3: JT, thanks for taking my call. Um, Thank you. After watching that game, you know, from my home yesterday on DirecTV, and you know, obviously just rolling my eyes. Um, I was thinking this is you know this is a loss that kind of rivals one loss that I remember vividly and I know that this is not a playoff game but in 2011 we were up against the San Diego Chargers at home in the last game of the season it was the year that uh, Al Davis died Hugh Jackson was the coach they traded for Carson Palmer like 3 days after uh, Al had passed And it was a big game because the Raiders had a chance to go to the playoffs for the first time in nine years. It was their first real chance to go to playoffs for the first time in nine years, and they laid an egg. And yesterday I felt the same way.
0: Yeah, I mean, Al, me and you texting our friends, and we talk about laying an egg to come out there with all that preparation and pressure and all the national media on Jeff Saturday and to have nothing on that offense. I mean, at the first time ever, ever Derek Carr played a quarter without a completion, I mean, I couldn't believe that, and going and the penalties and what happened early, they got to be better early. A couple of the games they had the lead and blew it, but I thought this game they'd at least come out and execute early on, and they had nothing.
3: Yeah, they didn't. They it was uh, they didn't have anything. It was it was like something else was up, and uh, they just weren't mentally ready. Maybe they thought because the you know they, they maybe they were duped by the Colts with the whole Matt yeah. Ryan thing and. Uh, and that they thought they all they had to do was come up and show up, at, you know, and show up at home, and, and, and you know they would end up winning. But sometimes I think in life we have to realize that sometimes just leave well enough alone. And I said this to you last year: there was you know to get rid of Passacia or to let him go because he wasn't a big name coach. He seemed to do a lot of things that were right that maybe were didn't have to do with offensive X's and, X's and O's and defensive schemes. But that team was ready pretty much every week. They only laid, uh, you know, they were not a, a great team, but they only laid down and didn't play well one or two games after the mm-hmm. whole fiasco with John Gruden. And now we have a fiasco. And this fiasco is not is not going to disappear anytime soon. And uh, this is obviously the worst loss that we've seen since they went to Las Vegas. And uh, there's going to have to be some mm-hmm. major changes made, but sometimes those changes are going to be handicapped because of salary cap issues, yeah. uh, because of injuries. And uh, lack of draft
0: picks. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, you're right about that. Now i got to run. we got a guest coming up. Appreciate your call. There's, there's a lot of things happening there, what you said at the end. Where, where are they going to be hampered with? The players that they signed to extensions. Are those firm deals? Are those firm players that are going to play through all that? Chandler Jones, the Raiders look like they'll be tied to that contract. Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro the direction they're going with. We don't know what's going to happen with Josh Jacobs. He didn't have his fifth-year option picked up. We do not know if Derek Carr will be back at quarterback. A lot of people hope so. There are a lot of fans that are ready to move on from that. At 2-7, and it doesn't help anybody who's looking to be here in the future. There's not many players walking around outside Max Crosby and Devontae Adams and Colton Miller and Daniel Carlson and A.J. Cole that are walking around that facility saying, I got job security for the next three to four years here. They might have job security in the NFL. There's always jobs available. But what about here in Las Vegas? Disappointing times. They should be better than 2-7. and They're not. And we're hitting it head-on on on the flagship.
4: And and Jeff knows how to do that. He's a... A
0: great leader and he uses everything around him to make the team better and then I always said that he's very he's an unusual guy and extremely talented and mature beyond his years and he's you know he has those sort of capabilities to do what he did and, and all the coaches rallied around
4: him so proud for you know Parks and the whole staff the defense got a great stop at the end with Gus and you know, again, you score 25, you're going to win a lot of games in this
0: league. And i um, just, just so proud of the team. Jim Irsay rolled the dice in Vegas and won. He said he felt good about the hire. He should. They were ready to play, and they beat the Raiders. JT, back with you. We are brought to you by the DeCastaVerdi Law Group, and they are special, and they are my proud partner here on Raider Nation Radio. The founding partners are Alex and Orlando DeCastaVerdi. They are fantastic. They have a family-run law group with so many young people, talented clerks and attorneys working around the clock. And they specialize in a lot of different categories, but the most important is personal injury. Also, criminal defense and immigration law. But the attention, the individual attention is second to none. I thank Alex and I thank Orlando and the DeCastaverde Law Group, proud partners on Raider Nation Radio. And if you want to give them a call, they'll take your call and they will help you win. 702-222-9999. It's DeCastaVerdi Law Group. Mark Anderson joins us, one of the smartest people and best journalists I know, now with the AP. And Mark, let me begin. Does this look like a roster deconstruction to you? why the team is committed to winning and trying to compete in these one-score games? Uh,
5: that's something I kind of thought about. Um, you know, is that why you shut down Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro? Maybe, um, you know, because maybe if, if they're seven and, or we're six and two last week, instead of two and six, maybe those guys are still in the mix. Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't think the Raiders are necessarily trying to go all out and tank or anything like that, but, but they may be looking and evaluating, uh um, looking at different players, different mm-hmm. situations to see exactly where, where this team is.
0: Now uh, you are reporting. I just saw this on your Twitter nine minutes ago. You just spoke to Mark Davis. Uh, tell us what your conversation was about with the owner of the Raiders and what he told you. He actually sounded pretty upbeat and, uh, He's, he said, he you know, he
5: really believes in what Josh McDaniels is doing. Um, he's looking at the big picture, not just uh, the season. And I, they do talk after every game. I know a lot was made about that early, but it's just a normal thing they do. There's not, not anything really to read into that. And McDaniels talked about that today at his, at his news conference mm-hmm. about how they have weekly conversations and and they communicate very well. And uh, so I, I, I think uh, – Uh, You know, I do think changes are coming after the season, probably significant changes, uh, uh, but it doesn't look like the coach isn't one of them. Not not the head coach. I wouldn't be as shocked if there are changes to the staff.
0: Mark Anderson is our guest from the AP. What do you suggest from talking to him that could be the changes here from a personnel group if they're not going to change much up with the coaching staff?
5: I I didn't get into that with Mark Davis, and, and Josh McDans was asked about that today. And he didn't get into specifics, but you have to think, uh, you know, especially if they just don't show much improvement. You know, at least one coordinator probably will be gone. Um, you know, so he, maybe both of them. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, I can see things, something like that happen. I, I think Derek Carr is playing his last season here. I think mean, that's the most noteworthy change. I think is going to happen, and, and I think that's part of what I read into Derek Carr's. Emotions yesterday. He talked about his nine years of the Raiders, and you don't usually talk about your your uh, whole tenure someplace if you don't you don't think mm. the, the end is coming. I think he senses the the, the end is near for him. The, you know, the, it's a good, really good quarterback draft. Uh, these co- this coach and general manager they're not you know they inherited them, uh, so there's no real uh, loyalty there in that regard. Um, so I, I I do think that's I think that's what you're going to see in the off season.
0: Mark Anderson is the AP sports reporter here in Las Vegas. He was the 2016 president of the Football Writers Association of America. He covers also UNLV, all sports. All right, let's get off the Raiders and talk about the Rebels and the losses and another competitive game here, but a loss. Look, it's obvious to everyone, and we like the coach, and he is getting better players in here, but the schedule was really easy early, and they were going to get some wins, and then they were going to hit a bump in the road when you play Notre Dame and better teams. But then on the back end of the schedule now, what are you hearing? How much is the pressure mounting to get bowl eligible, considering the easy start they got off on the easy schedule?
5: No, it's a tremendous. Yeah, I mean, and you know, in early in the season, it looked like this conference is way, way down, and it is, it is down. But San Diego State's improved a lot. Fresno State's improved a lot. So um, the fact that you know, V didn't beat either of those teams. Is not overly shocking uh, now. I think early in the season it looked like those are two games they should, could win, maybe should win. Um, now the you know now they they're up against it. Um, I, I they still clearly have a path to a bowl, uh, but uh, mm-hmm. it's 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 uh, you know there's there's no room for for error now and and you know it's just when you start form one it shouldn't be coming down to the end like this but it is and and I. I do know that you know Doug Brunfeld got hurt again, mm-hmm. um, and that and that really that was damaging to them, big, uh, very very much so. Um, Aiden Ramos was hurt for a while, but uh, you know those, those guys are back, and mm-hmm. you know and so the, if they don't make a bowl, the, it, there's there's just it just the four and one start doesn't matter. It, Absolutely. It, you know, and, and even if they do make a bowl, it's nice, but it's not. It, I, I don't think it would have the same effect as if they would really rolled into it. You know, if they'd gone into went like eight and four or something like that, it's it's nice, especially given Yunoki's history. But I don't think anyone's going to be overly joyous about it
0: either. Yeah, Mark, you had a busy day today, plus a conversation with the owner of the Raiders. Thanks for sharing this with us. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, JT. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Mark Anderson. Really good to have him on. So he spoke to the owner today. I speak to the owner often, mostly in a setting when I'm in the building. If he's there, if he's out or for out an event. I have a Jim Plunkett event tomorrow. Then I'm MCing for the Raiders. Uh, I'll talk to Jim Plunkett, one of the greatest the greatest in Raider history, and we'll try to navigate through this to cover of the review journal today rock bottom. Raiders can't beat the Colts, Phil and coach spiral down to 2 and 7, and we're trying to evaluate the loss going forward and what needs to happen. Your phone calls at 702-365-9200 at JT the brick on Twitter if you want to get right into the show here. Let's get out to Lou in Los Angeles. Lou, thanks for being patient. Go ahead.
6: Hey, nothing. Hey, no, that is no problem, JT. Hey, man, I've been listening to you since K-Max Day back in L.A., man.
0: Yeah. I, I wow.
6: always love you, man, you and your family. you always been, you know, doing a great job and stuff. Hey, uh, you know what? I'm, I've am i been following the Raiders over 50-some years, I, I, and and I've seen the good, the bad, the ugly, so this loss is 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 a little surprising but at the same time uh you know what we, we just not a good organization as far as as far as you know players and stuff right now. We just not we we're overrated. We were overrated when the season started. We just don't the defense has been horrible all season long. And and J T and, and and I'll let you go on this, J T and I know I know I'm not saying fire McDaniels but there's not there's no connection between the players I was watching the game with coach with coach fans and mm. they even said there's a disconnect with with the players and and Josh McDaniels and that coaching and that coaching staff there's something wrong but you know give him another year I I say give him another year I, I know people are not going to like what I'm saying give him another year but my thing is this If you keep changing coaches every year, I've been a Raider fan for a long time, and if you keep changing coaches, what is that going to do? It's not going to do anything. Unless this guy go 0-17 or 0-18 or something like that, that's different. But give him one more year, and if he doesn't do it next year, then you make the wholesale changes. But right now, just stay steady and stay support the team that's all we can do well
0: i can tell you the coaches appreciate the call from what i see when i interview him on thursday it's really a single-minded focus to have this team prepared to play and i sound like a broken record coach mcdaniels said he sounded like a broken record everybody knows that these losses are mounting and the raiders aren't executing and they're playing poorly we know that so what happens when they go back into the building I know that where Josh McDaniels con- came from in New England and his life as a coach and being a coach's son, that they don't run from this. They're not running away from this. They're not making it worse. They're doing everything they can in meetings and preparation to have them prepared for these games. And if you start looking about the talent level that they have and the amount of players on IR and the players that are injured, that's really concerning to me because I don't think they have the players to go on a big run. We know that. They're two and seven. But a lot of the players that they're going to put in now, now to try to make plays, you know, they are who they are. They're undrafted free agents. They're backup players. They're practice squad players. I mean, don't look for a miracle with these guys that are coming in to replace other guys. Just look for them to play well to find out that if they get a little bit of run, if they're able to play a couple of games and one like Masterson or maybe a corner steps up and plays well, you go, wow, that's pretty good. He, he's someone we can build on next year or at least start off at training camp to see if they can fight for a roster spot, let alone a starting spot here. Because Dave Ziegler is going to have to be very busy, and that's the understatement of the year, very busy bringing in better players, especially on the defensive side, who can cover. The Raiders can't cover anyone. Jonathan Abram was cut for that reason. He can't cover. They can't cover the middle of the field. Their linebackers can't turn and cover. And their cornerbacks, to me, are playing very soft. They're just playing off the ball like they don't want to get beat deep. And they're not playing man-to-man for a reason. They're being told not to. They're playing in a scheme that seems to be getting dumber down every week, and they're not doing a good job with it. So whatever the change was on the defensive side to try to clean up the middle of the field, to me, and I'm just a fan behind the microphone, it seems to be getting worse. So what scheme are they going to do? I'd rather see the defensive players be held accountable by playing man-to-man coverage and doing their job or failing at their job so we can see who can play. When you're playing a soft-cover zone, soft-cover zone, and you're not playing well, and you're giving guys 10-yard cushions, it's tough to evaluate. Breaking news from NBC News, breaking news, Jay Leno seriously burned in a car fire. That's breaking news right now on NBC, right here on one of my screens. Comedian Jay Leno. Tonight's show, Jane Leno seriously burned in a car fire. So we'll keep an eye on that story as it's developing right now. 702 365 9200. I can get you in before the top of the hour. Bobby's working back in studio. Here is Mr. Black in Hawaii that I believe called me on the post game show. Am I right to say that? Did you called last night?
4: No, not last night, okay. last week.
0: Thank, thank you, sir. Oh, it's all mel- uh, it's all molding, melting together. I apologize. Go ahead.
4: It certainly is. Yeah. Well, prayers go out to Jay Leno. That's yes. terrible to hear. Yes. And uh, I'm sorry. Fan for 55 years since I was nine years old. Of course, uh, the glory days you got to live through there. Rough times in the '90s, and then all through this 2000. I hate to put it this way, but when he hired him mm-hmm. and got rid of Versace, my heart sank right there. I'm not happy with this coach, mm-hmm. this coaching uh, team. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the defense, we don't have certain players. Uh, players are, are uh, uh, not top of the line. We're missing mm-hmm. guys, but I, I blame the defensive coach. When we went 3-0 and zero in the beginning of the season, uh, I mean, yeah, three losses the beginning of the season—that was it for me right there. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the hire from the very beginning. I'm not a fan of his. Uh, I don't see any any uh, passion, um, and uh, you know, I can go on and on, but I'm not going to. But one thing I am going to say, mm-hmm. as a Raider fan for since like like I say, 55 years, Al Davis had many great sayings, but the one that doesn't fit anymore is i've changed it to the greatness of the raiders is in its past i hate to say
0: oh you're you're a very committed fan thank you you've been a committed fan your whole life and you have the platform here on the on the channel to talk about what you think you know i think the toughest part and again i love my job i hope you love the passion that i bring here if i'm right or wrong But the one thing about the job that I like is the relationships I build. If you know me, you have a relationship with me. If you don't know me, you never met me, you don't have a relationship with me. I appreciate you listening, but the people who know me know me. And the toughest part of being a little bit in the bubble, which I'm proud to be, it's brought me everything in my life, being a part of this organization, is I want everybody to do well, even the people you don't like. And when Josh McDaniels got hired from the Patriots, I was really disappointed when after the hire, so many people didn't give him a shot. So many people didn't give him a shot as a human being, as a coach, as a really good guy. And I don't know him great, but meeting him and talking about his kids who plays, you know, his son wears, plays high school football, he wears the sweatshirt from there, ask about his family, the little things that you'd make in small talk to get to know someone. He's been a 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10 guy. Interviewed him at the State of the Union, around fans, been at private events with him so far with the alumni, and he could not be a better guy. And I hope that, I hope that some people get that. Because not everybody is, and some people don't have the patience, nor want to hear that. But I do, because it's my show and my name on it, and it's my relationships. And like the other coaches, I, got, I really got tight with Passaccia. I've been long-term friends with Coach Gruden. Uh, Coach Del Rio and I still text and keep in touch. Right, Art Shell, I see at all these Raider events. The relationships matter to me. And I know sometimes I'm in the bubble too much, and I'm pulling for these guys to turn it around. But Josh McDaniels has been nothing but just a class act. And think about that as a human being, how difficult this is. Every day establishing yourself in a new community, wanting to connect with the fans, wanting to win for the fans, and you're not doing it. It's hard. And I care about things like that, and I understand why other fans don't want to hear that, and they're frustrated by it. But I'm going to talk about it because it's my show, and I have the platform to tell you that he's a good guy. And for those who don't know him, it's really easy to go on Twitter and say some really heinous and bad things about another human being. It's getting too easy to do that, especially for people that you're ideally wanting to do well, so you'll do well as a fan, and your team will win, and you'll have more joyous occasions. It's not happening now. And he's taking it, and he's taking it hard. These fans and media are hammering him at this point in time. You've heard the show the last couple of weeks. We haven't held back with the performance of this team, and the only way they're going to dig out of this hole is by winning. That's what the Raider organization cares about, and Mark Davis wants to win. And when he hits bumps in the road like this, you can either bail, you can stay with it, or do what most people do, stay with the team. Don't ever leave the team. Stay with the team, but be highly critical. And we've been doing that for well over a month or two. And, you know, it's only going to change when they start winning, and we'll be here pretty much every day, even throughout the holidays, trying to give you the content and the insight that you need to kind of form your opinion of the Raiders or get your opinion out here on the airwaves. 702-365-9200. So much going on at Resorts World. My buddy Kevin Debs was in town from Jersey. He said he wanted to go to the Circus Pool. Took him to the Circa Outdoor Pool. Wanted to see that. And then he wanted to see Resorts World. Spent about three or four hours in Resorts World. The vision of Scott Cibello with sports at the Doghouse. And I got back on the plane to Jersey and said, "Man, resorts world, I've never seen anything like it.
6: Abdullah is the tailback. Snapped to
5: car in the shotgun. Back to pass, climbs the pocket, eyes downfield, fires a strike to Devontae, the 25, breaks away 20, 15, 5, dives!
2: Touchdown Raiders! Derek Carr on the run, delivered a strike, and Devontae did the rest. Raiders back
5: in front on a 48-yard touchdown pass. Well, Jason...
0: That was a hell of a play. I'll tell you, Devontae Adams can really get after it. You can throw it to him underneath, And he will fight, he will spin, he will dodge and dive for the first round, uh, for the first down. And if you get him the ball in space, he goes right upfield and attacks. And then he gets behind coverage and makes plays. And Devontae really is a shining light, I think, for this organization going forward. Because he's just one of the great players, period, in the entire league. We know that uh, that's a building block for the Raiders when they eventually get this back on track, right? They get this back on track. They start winning games. Depending on when that happens, Devontae is going to play a massive part in all of that. Welcome back, Raider Nation Radio. Brought to you by the 872 Laborers Union. Led by Tommy White, who I saw yesterday at the game. Thanks to their proud partnership. And as I asked them, what are you doing now, Tommy? Building, building, building. And waiting to build more here in Vegas. I don't know if you're on the 215, the 15 strip corridor to see all the construction. Don't like all the yellow cones, but the construction, as Vegas continues to build, is pretty incredible here. So, throughout the show, we've been taking a lot of criticism today and calls, obviously. So, we'll do that again tomorrow, and then we move on to the Denver Broncos, which is another team that is in duress, really upset, losing game after game. And the Raiders got to beat them. Everything's on the line. It's a division game. Not that anybody's talking playoffs around here, but the opportunity to sweep a division opponent, and pick up some momentum going into the Seattle game with Geno Smith, which I was that was a game I was always looking forward to. Never thought that Seattle would be that good this year. Never thought they would. That'll be a big test for the Raiders, a huge test for the Raiders going up against a career backup quarterback who's getting consideration and should be the comeback player of the year in Geno. Uh, Andy and Henderson, appreciate you calling here in Vegas. How are you, Andy? Oh,
7: I'm fine, thank you. I think you're the perfect guy to answer this question because uh, you've had a personal relationship and known a lot of uh, Raider coaches and other coaches. What I'd like to know is, does Josh, is is he one that coaches the players or is he the one that he just likes to coach the coaches?
0: Josh McDaniel, so you're asking me, is he uh, involved with the players as equally as, as he are with the coaches?
7: Yeah, because yeah, some coaches uh, they, uh, uh, they want to let their assistants have mm. their way and say, well, I put this guy in charge of uh, offense, and I'm I'm not going to interfere mm. when he 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 uh, uh, trains his players. Other head coaches, they say, well. I want to get right in there, and I see something. I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to these guys. and uh, uh, go over my my assistant. I got it. If I, I yeah. Don't what he's
0: doing. Yeah. Thanks for clarifying that. That's a very good question. I think when we, when I interviewed him at the state of the team, and we talked about how excited he was for the coaches that he brought over, the coaches that he was going to let coach and do their job, including Patrick Graham. I think he was counting on those coaches to do their job at the highest level. And and Josh McDaniels is basically a, a play caller. He's a super elite play caller at his strength. And he gets questioned as a head coach because of his overall head coaching record. So it's a very tough question because I know he connects with the players. He talks to the leaders. I think he cares about every player on that team. But I believe that he lets the coaches do their jobs. And now he's probably getting involved a little bit more. And there's probably a lot more critiques. Because him as a head coach and all the other coaches aren't doing a good enough job. So I can't answer that question, honestly, because I don't know exactly how much leeway he gives to his assistants. But they were pretty high on this coaching staff when they brought him in, especially Patrick Graham, who I think has been a disappointment. But I think Patrick Graham's not making any excuses. He just doesn't have the players and the level of players that he's going to need to instill the ultimate side of his uh, scheme. I kept hearing about Patrick Graham's scheme and how good it could be and how great it could be potentially, but he doesn't have the right players to do it yet. And again, is his job on the line? He's got to do a better job. You can't give up 415 yards to the worst offense in football in your building. And yesterday, I don't think many of the Raiders on defense put up any fight at all. It wasn't a fit, it, That wasn't a great physical moment for the Raiders' defense, not only this year, but in Raiders' history. Seen a lot, pretty much all the defenses the Raiders pretty much put out on the field over the decades were better than that one yesterday. And that's what we're doing. We're taking a look at what it's going to take to turn it around. Bobby, great job today putting the show together. Thanks to Mark Anderson, Harry Ruiz. Tomorrow we have Paul Gutierrez, who's writing a lot at ESPN.com and the voice of the Raiders, Jason Horowitz. Catch me tonight on siriusxm 82. Mad Dog Sports Radio from 6 to 9 p.m. Pacific. Have a great day. Cue on deck.
1: Good to go? All right. Travel safely home.